Hey there, and welcome back to the show. This is Brett, and uh, we're back with another episode this week. Um, I don't have any major announcements before I hop into today's episode. Uh, if you are listening to this by chance on the day that it's released, uh, we are closing our registration for the Digestive Health Practitioner Masterclass. Uh, that is June 15th at midnight. Uh, so if you are a practitioner listening to this and you are considering joining, uh, time is of the essence. And uh, we, of course, get started next week with live sessions. Uh, that'll be June 20th. And that's about it in terms of announcements. Um, for today's show, uh, we are talking all about personal care products. Uh, that would include things like cosmetics, um, personal care products, uh, cleaning products to some degree as well. And basically the chemicals, toxins, and what the health impacts are uh, with all of this. You know, I, I really feel that this is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to health because people focus a lot on food, they focus a lot on supplements, uh, exercise and all that. And those are all fantastic things to be focusing on for sure. But if you are filling up your total load or, or overloading your body with toxic chemicals in your personal care products, cleaning products, etc., uh, you might find that this could be the hidden barrier as to why you're not attaining a higher level of health. And in fact, they might actually be driving some of the chronic issues that you have. Uh, today's podcast is very, very insightful. Um, I enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. I, I don't think we left much unturned. And uh, it's a very easy listening conversation, so we don't get super, super technical. But uh, in this conversation, I have invited Miranda Inglis. She is the chief science officer, among many other roles, uh, with Pure Haven, uh, which is a company that is based in the U.S. And uh, we basically get into uh, how cosmetics and personal care products are, are regulated. Uh, we talk about why and how some of these toxic chemicals are still on the market, even though we know that they cause problems. Uh, we talk about the main chemicals that you might want to look out for. So uh, you can actually go and uh, do that right now after listening to this. Just go and check out some of the products that you're using and see if uh, some of these ingredients we talk about are actually in your personal care products. Uh, we then talk about the health impacts. So things like endocrine disruption. Uh, we touch on cancer a little bit, fertility, and so forth. And then we uh, segue into uh, Pure Haven themselves as a company. And I got to say, you know, I thought I knew a lot about their company. And once I sat down with Miranda, um, I'm 100% sold because uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, the first one is, you know, it's one thing to have squeaky clean products, right? So a lot of companies out there will claim to have squeaky clean products. Um, but uh, they are not doing their due diligence in terms of where they are sourcing these ingredients from. So there's, there's contamination issues. Uh, they are not testing and manufacturing these products themselves, which is very, very important. So uh, just like we see in the supplement industry, right? If I give someone a formula and I just send it away on, on an email and they ship me a finalized product, I don't really know what's in there. Right. And with Pure Haven, what they do is they basically do all of the ingredient sourcing. They do all of the, this third party validation, their certificates of analysis, and they actually manufacture all of their own products in house, which for me really sets the bar 
on a different level altogether. Uh, and I say the same thing with supplement companies. Any supplement company that's actually invested the time, energy, and money into manufacturing their own products with their own ingredients that they've sourced, automatically the bar is set a lot higher. Now, this is a sponsored um, episode. And, uh, you know, longtime listeners to the show will know that we don't have any advertising on this podcast at all. And for me, I'm a big fan of partnerships. And so over the years, uh, we have partnered with companies like Energy Bits, for example, uh, you know, super high quality uh, blue-green algae. And I enjoy these partnerships because when I call them sponsored partnerships, really what it is is me introducing high-quality products that I feel are really, really good. Uh, you will know that I don't promote a lot of products on this podcast at all. Uh, there's probably been about four or five that I can think of over the years. And uh, I certainly haven't promoted any uh, personal care product line at all. So this is a partnership with Pure Haven. And um, obviously, your, uh, you know, if you sign up and become a preferred customer, you're using these products anyway, right? You're using toothpaste and deodorant and shampoo and, and lotions and stuff like that. So uh, go on to the link in the show notes and uh, maybe just browse around and see if there's anything that um, piques your interest. Uh, there are a lot of bundles and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot of specials. Uh, there are discounts um, for preferred customers. Uh, so you can click on the link in the show notes and uh, go and check check that out and uh, yeah, sign up as a preferred customer or you don't even need to be a preferred customer. You can just purchase products as you see fit. Now, there is a second part to this and I'm just going to put this out there because what I've noticed over the last two or three years, if not more, is we have rapidly moved into a gig economy. Uh, we know that the economy is in tatters. Uh, we know that um, over the last two years with pandemic and lockdowns and business closures and all that sort of stuff, we know that uh, there's a lot of financial strain on people, right, generally. So uh, Pure Haven does also have an option for you to start a side business for yourself. Uh, this is um, purely optional. You don't have to do that. You can just go and buy the products or you can become a preferred customer. But if you are a health professional or a practitioner or uh, just someone looking to share high quality, squeaky clean personal care products and make a little bit of income on the side, whether that's to, you know, maybe pay for a week's groceries, maybe it's to make your car payments every day and you know if you do well enough maybe you could pay your mortgage every month uh, you can also check out the show notes and um, there is a form there and i've put this for canada right so currently pure haven is operating in the u.s but they are looking to expand into canada and i know we have uh, our listener base is a lot of you in the u.s but there's also a huge uh, audience here in canada so if you're interested whether you're in canada or not if you're interested in learning more about that i've put Put a link in the show notes that basically is just enter your email address and uh, I will be able to get that. And then uh, I'm looking at doing a webinar or some type of info session in the very near future. And I would love for you to attend that so that you can actually um, speak with them. Uh, you can learn more about the product uh, opportunity and all that sort of stuff as well.
Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it from my side. Uh, again, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. And I think, um, you know, for those of you, like many of you out there, if you're into clean living and high quality, squeaky clean products that actually work, uh, you're definitely going to enjoy this episode and you're going to enjoy Pure Haven products. So, uh, without further delay, uh, let's get this podcast started. Hey, Miranda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, how's it going today? It is great. Awesome. You know, summer is getting kicked off, warm outside. Yeah, and where where do you live? Where about are you? Uh, I'm in Ohio. Oh, okay, so, so not, not too far from us. So you're still up in the north. Um, you know, Up in the north. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I actually have some really good friends who are up in Canada right now, Whitefish Falls, which is up okay. on the top of Lake Huron. So Cool. All right. Love Canada. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I mean, obviously, being in the north, the uh, the seasons, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate those seasons. And uh, as we get into summer, it's always nice to uh, get out of the winter, which <laughs> tends to drag on for a while. Um, for sure. For yeah. sure. So today, um, we're going to talk uh, about you know, personal care products. Uh, we're going to talk about chemicals and um, some of the health effects and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, I think we'll work our way into um, talking about Pure Haven and and what you guys do and, and how you're a little bit different from everyone else. But I think, um, you know, if I can just sort of preface our conversation today, you know, the when we talk about things like clean living, you know, you sort of see clean living in air quotes is just sort of thrown around a lot. And I think it's almost in a way become very, I don't want to call it cliched, but it's very casually thrown around. And I think that it's, for a lot of people, it's lost its its meaning in a sense, right? And we just sort of go, oh, well, clean living, you know, clean living, hashtag clean living. And, and when I look at it, I'm like, well, you know, we actually are bathed in toxins and EMFs and chemicals in the food. And, you know, these things all accumulate over, over a period of time. And the importance of living clean um, cannot be overstated, I don't think. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, greenwashing mm -hmm. um, is something that sometimes people will say as a because it became a trend. You know, a lot of times people are looking at the front of the bottle or the front of whatever they're eating or using versus actually diving into the ingredients and what's actually in there, because there's there's very re little regulation on what people can put on the front of the, bo the bottle or the mm, box okay. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and much more on what you can put on the back and, but the front is what everybody looks at. Right. Right. And I think you and I can both agree that in, for years, you know, I've, I've always said, don't look at the front, you know, just look at the back, whether it's, whether it's supplements, whether it's food, whether it's personal care products, you know, the, the marketing is on the front and the, the truth is on the back uh, to some degree. Correct. So, um, Correct. So since we're going to sort of point our focus here to, um, chemicals in personal care products, it's really where we want to spend most of our time, um, you know, I, I taught nutrition and the environment for many, many years, and um, chemicals and personal care products was a big part of that program. Uh, now, the last time I checked, there were tens of thousands of chemicals that were approved for use, right? And I'm oh, going to sort of yes. point our conversation to the USA, but uh, for Canadians, you know, um, Health Canada typically follows um, whatever the US does, right? So uh, we, we kind of um, grandfather ourselves in or piggyback. So how many chemicals have actually been approved for use in the cosmetic side of things and, and personal care products? Well, that's a really interesting question because it, it is, there's 
approved, and I'm using air quotes mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know this is a podcast. Approved really means it hasn't been unapproved because there isn't there isn't that much of a governing body over personal care products. A lot of people would think, oh, the FDA um, is is regulating this space, but they are regulating active ingredients. They are not really regulating on anything else that's in there. Mm. And so there are only about, you know, 11 to 13 that are banned in personal care products, which leaves hundreds of thousands of chemicals and, you know, harmful or not to to be completely unregulated. There's uh, the American Chemical Council, which actually self-regulates itself. The, you know, the Cosmetics Council, they're self-regulating. And if it's not a, if it's not considered OTC and over the counter drug, um, it is, it is essentially a free for all. Um, It's been the wild, wild west for years within the personal care space. And, you know, when left unchecked, things, things get in there, you know, they're coming up with new chemicals all the time. Really? Uh, Wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times there will be an example of something that is, you know, was deemed to be unsafe. They take it off. You know, BPA can be one of those. They'll come then another chemical with a different name, similar use will go in and it's kind of like, okay, we'll leave this in there until you catch us. Right. Right. Because it's it's really self-regulating. So I think, you know, what I've identified and and just to encapsulate all that, we've we've got on the regulatory side of things, we've got um, uh, things that haven't really been properly tested, first of all, for safety. And then we've Mm -hmm. also got this idea of being grandfathered in. Right. So um, uh, now when I say grandfathered in, like maybe they did some studies, you know, 50 years ago using the science at the time. And now any chemical that's related to that just said, oh, well, you know, we did we've got safety studies. So because you're a cousin of this chemical, you automatically get a free pass. And uh, is, right. is, is that fair to say? Yeah, that that is fair to say. And and the other thing to understand is a lot of these things, if if they are tested, they're tested in isolation. Bingo, so yeah. not and at a what would be deemed an acceptable level, but never um, there's no study out there that I have seen that actually shows all of your products that you're using and how they stack up. Because, you know, hey, you could say, hey, you know, triclosan is a really good example um, that they would say, hey, you're just using a small, small amount in toothpaste or antibacterial soap or something like that. Well, yeah, but if you're using eight products that have that ingredient in it, are you actually above that level? And you just don't know it. You're a guinea pig for how all of those products come together because most people aren't using products all from the same company, right? right. They're, you know, and, and if a company did some due diligence on an ingredient, they didn't know you were going to use, you know, a deodorant from over here, a toothpaste, a body wash, a, you know, all of which can have, you know, and do if you're using standard products have questionable ingredients in them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important to point out that each product, it's not like it just has one chemical in it. You know, there, there's oh. oftentimes 20, 30, 40 ingredients. And as you say, each of those things have been tested in isolation, but the combined and of course the cumulative effect, which we'll work our way into soon, you know, this this idea of bioaccumulation over time and, and getting stored in your body. I don't think anyone's really looked at that side of things either. 
Um, which, no. which uh, you know, and something else you said earlier, which I think is very important to sort of underscore here is the fact that when many, you know, many of these products, and this is not just regulated to the cosmetic industry, this is regulated to many other industries. Once it's, uh, you know, I think of agriculture, right? So things like Roundup and certain pesticides and whatnot, you know, these are put on the market, um, obviously, to, you know, to really just rush them on the market, put them in with minimal safety testing. And then the onus is now on the public to essentially prove that they're not safe. And and I think we see that a lot in the personal care and cosmetics um, uh, side of things as well, right? And, and of course, Absolutely. you're never going to win because they're just going to tie you up in red tape for decades, you know? Correct. Yeah. It's a, it, That's where, when you say it, when we say it's a Wild West, you know, you, it gets out there and it's deemed somewhat safe. So to pull it is very difficult because you, you know, how many people are going to come forward and say that something happened? How many people are actually going to realize that it was that ingredient? How long is that going to take? And how many people are then impacted or affected until, you know, how many people have to get sick or how many people have to have an adverse issue until you can pull something, especially up against a really big company that has really deep top pockets. And, you know, they think they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's business, right? I mean, that, that that's really what it is. Um, so, and, and I think the other thing to just point out before we move along is, you know, much like we've seen with Roundup, you know, I've, I've been covering Roundup and glyphosate for many years, and it took years for there to like finally for people to see lawsuits in action and you know now you've got like hundreds of millions of dollars that have been handed over in lawsuits and there are literally last time i checked anyway there were thousands of plaintiffs that were waiting to sue uh, monsanto slash bayer and still you know it's still on the market it's still being used in food and these Mm -hmm. plaintiffs have just been waiting for months and months and months um you know and i think what that what that really means to me anyway is that i think you know it would be nice to get these things completely removed but i think what it also means is we need to um take responsibility for ourselves and we need to choose what products are we going to buy what types of foods are we going to buy um you know that's really all we can do and that's part of why we're, we're having a chat today. Um, right. I mean, yeah. we vote with our dollars up front. You know, mm-hmm. I think you talk about Roundup. I think something very similar is talc in, you know, Johnson and Johnson's baby powder. I don't know how many times they have to get sued going back to the seventies and lawsuit after lawsuit, which people are lined up. And then I, I just saw an article not that long ago. They could, they'll just file bankruptcy of a certain huh. area that is within there. And then, you know, nobody can come after them and they, they never take it out. Right. They they don't take the ingredient out. They don't fix the issue even when they know Same, you know, it's a very similar parallel that, that happens um, within personal care. Yeah. And I mean, this is in many industries where we've got revolving doors between, you know, the FDA and the pharmaceutical industries, uh, the chemical mm-hmm. companies and, you know, the EPA and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, b- big business is involved in the regulatory side of things, which is um, always bound to cause problems. Right. Yes. Um, so so let's um, let's talk a little bit. You know, I want to just sort of start at the 10,000 foot view and then we can kind of work our way into some of the specifics here. But what do you feel are um, the main, in terms of health effects of some of these chemicals, right, these n- nasty chemicals, what do you feel are, are the sort of top 
health implications, if you will. And we don't need to get granular with that, but just, um, you know, what do we know? Let's put it that way. I think the biggest thing that keeps coming out is endocrine disruption. So, you know, impacting your hormones, things that are going to mimic, either mimic a hormone, you know, and, and bring, bring about negative consequences, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, whether you can draw a direct line to, oh, hey, I ended up with, you know, breast cancer or ovarian cancer or something like that. And it was something that, I, you know, it was something that I used, a chemical that was in there. Um, you know, obviously that, you know, we have, we we see a lot around asthma, you know, people having breathing issues as okay. well as it relates specifically to fragrance. Hmm. Um you know, people cutting out that and they find people find it out by process of elimination. Oh, hey, I cut out all of that. And now I don't have these this issue anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we obviously, you know, the cancer is one that people talk about a lot. Um, there are so many factors to that you've hit on, you know, environmental, they say 90% of cancers are environmental, you know, only leaving only about mm-hmm. 10% to, you know, genetics. Yeah. So environment means so much we know that that part of it is 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 that you know infertility you know that endocrine Mm. disruption leading to infertility that hits home for me that's how i actually started onto this journey um no way okay through an infertility struggle um and my my want to have become a mother right and i think that that's very telling uh you know we have there's alzheimer's there's a very strong um, link between there are studies out there showing the strong link between, you know, bioaccumulation and in your body of either heavy metals, aluminum, you know, things like that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, going into the brain, but, you know, accumulating into the brain and causing is, you know, neurological issues um, as well. You know, th- those really, you know, infertility, cancer, Alzheimer's, you know, there's definitely um, a controversial but there are Mm -hmm. things out there around autism and how you know that can have a link we have you know i've got some really uh, close friends who went down a journey of removing toxins and and saw symptom reversal of of their children and so you know you know the science starts to catch up with it to know but you there are just these strong personal stories and i'm not a doctor so i can't say hey you know for sure this causes this Mm -hmm. but there is so there's so much evidence out there that shows something's going on here this correlation between those those large this large health issues yeah well i think um you know let, let me linger on this point for a little bit here you know, when you look at the studies that have been done on health effects with isolated chemicals, of course, all of these are being done in animal models, right? Because we can't, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can't take a human being and say, oh, well, let's see if this chemical causes cancer in you. Like, obviously not. Right. So Who's going to sign up for that right, study? There's ethical, right. <laughs> there's ethical uh, limitations there, which is a good thing. But but point being is, so we have all of this, this animal data kicking around, right, to show that there are, um, you know, these are endocrine disruptors, carcinogens, blah, 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 blah. But I think what I would like to share with people is this idea of um, it's it's often referred to as the allostatic load or your total uh, body load or body burden. Uh, some people might know it as the barrel effect. 
And um, th this is very, a very important concept to understand because what I see people doing out there is they're doing these detoxes, right? So they do like a, a five-day detox, a 30-day detox, and what supplements are best for detoxing? And I'm like, well, hang on. What you need to look at is you actually need to zoom right out and look at the whole picture. And the, the total load or allostatic load is, uh, this is what it is for those who might not know it. It is, it is your total body burden that would include things like your genetics, uh, could include your mental and emotional health, um, it would include the food that you eat, um, the environment that you live in, the air quality. So all of these things that, you know, EM, EMFs, right? So all of these things combined essentially fill up your barrel, right? And it, once your barrel gets to the top, you have no more room to take on anything else. And the overflow of the barrel are the symptoms that you experience. So when you look at the barrel, it's very difficult to pinpoint what exactly is it that's causing the barrel to actually hit the top and overflow. But I've always viewed detoxification in a very different way. And I've said, you know, it's one thing to look at the foods that you're eating and to, you know, we can take milk thistle, we can take all of these things to help with detoxification. But if you're not removing the input, if you're not cleaning up your food, if you're not cleaning up your personal care products, your cleaning products, uh, your air quality, then you're sort of trying to like put your fingers in the hole of the damn wall. And as soon as you take them out, you've still got a, a leak. Uh, right. So, right. you know, so I think it's very important for people to just think about that, because as you said, when we talk about things like autism, when we talk about things like hormone imbalance, which is an area that I specialize in, um, you know, we can debate all day long about which chemical it was that caused your thyroid problem, but it's somewhat irrelevant. It's like, just start cleaning your life up and then work on, you know, restoring function to and balancing out your hormones. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's very interesting because a lot of times people are looking for a qu quote unquote quick fix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not to say detoxification isn't isn't helpful. But Absolutely, if you don't yeah. make a lifestyle change, if you don't look at, you know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with people who say, well, I want you to prove to me that it's exactly this chemical. Right. And that's what you're saying. Like, well, prove to me, prove to me that not using it is gonna is gonna hurt you right mm -hmm. so it it's the that's the whole idea of you know just you you know clean up what you're using clean up what 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 you're putting onto your body or as you're saying in your body as well and then you're lessening that the other thing is you know you're talking about that um that load that body burden and people realizing how hard it really is to get those things out um mm. once they're in there you know with their it, you know, that bioaccumulation, if it's it's storing in your muscles, you know, in your in your fat cells, you know, all of those types, all, it's all throughout your body. And it's it's really detoxing out of it is very difficult, especially if it doesn't come in through a standard, a standard way. Right. Yeah. So, which is, hey, you eat something, it comes in through your mouth, goes through that big filter that we have and goes out. If it's coming in through your skin or a different way, it doesn't have a pathway. It that's not a standard pathway in. It's also not mm. a standard pathway out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, um, you know, to, to piggyback on that, um, just just for listeners, a lot of these chemicals are fat soluble, right? So, so they do have an affinity for the fatty tissues of our body. And what do you know, 
the glands of your body, those are some of the fattiest tissues, your brain, your reproductive organs. Um, obviously, you know, when you talk about endocrine disruption or hormone disruption, uh, one of the big sort of consequences of that is weight gain. And of course, the more fat that you put on, um, while well, you've got more of a reservoir to kind of uh, to 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 get these uh, part, to get these substances in you and to stay in you, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I think what I would like to do, and I mean, of course, we could have a, an hour hours long conversation <laughs> about this, but let's talk about some of the specific chemicals. So, for people that are out there um, that are maybe new to this or just looking for a bit of guidance. Can we maybe pick a few chemicals that you feel are really, um, you know, absolute, like non-negotiables, like you should 100% avoid these? And uh, we can maybe just start with a couple and talk about them uh, each a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. So, you know, parabens are one are ones that are out there. Um, and there has been quite a bit around that people are saying they'll say paraben free, you know, uh, the parabens show up usually in a preservative system of of a product, okay. right? So for years and years and years, um, people would come up with a really great formula and they put this, a cocktail, a preservative, because they wanted to sit on the shelf for, you know, a couple, five years maybe. And that, that, that paraben um, keeps it, it keeps the shelf life, right? So parabens are ones that really, you know, there are known endocrine disruptors. There's a lot of study around that. So uh, parabens is is one that's big um, and avoiding those. And they, those are easy to spot because they will say paraben in right. in the name, right, right, of the ingredient. Yeah. Now, um, so, sorry, on the paraben side of things, am I correct in saying that they found high concentrations of parabens in uh, breast tumors? Yes. Um, and as you said, you know, that that's, you know, the fatty tissue, you yeah, know, yeah. the breast tissue tends to be that fatty tissue and, and biocumulative um, happening. And the other thing is a lot of people don't think about the other things that they're finding in there are aluminum in breast cancer um, mm, okay. tissue. Um, and if you think about it, your underarm and what you're putting right there is, you know, you've got lymph nodes, you've got talk about absorption, like that's happening right there. And parabens and um, aluminum, which is another ingredient. Sorry, mm -hmm. switching on you there, That's right? Okay. But That's okay. um, found in those breast cancer tumors, um, and it's it's definitely in there. You know, those those are are yeah. You know. Check yeah. under the egg, right? So, um, and just uh, one more point on parabens, because I, I love speaking to people like yourself who are deep in the R&D side of things and really get it, because I, right. I don't. I mean, I know what I know. But um, years ago, I spoke with someone who does something very similar to you. And um, this was going back like, gosh, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were very few like squeaky clean personal care products at the time, right? Your choices were very narrow. Now, um, there's a lot more to choose from. And one of the, the paraben conversation came up and they said, well, you know, if you use natural preservatives, the problem with that is that the natural preservatives don't work as well. And then the product can become contaminated and therefore cause its own set of problems. And I was like, well, hang on. So we're saying that things like vitamin A or C or E, which are very well-known antioxidants, like these are once they become rancid, quote unquote, these are going to cause health problems uh, versus. <laughs> so anyway, I just I just th I'm throwing the, the cat amongst the pigeons there. Um, if you can uh, highlight something there or, or elaborate on that, that would be great. Yeah. The thing that they are, the point that they're trying to make there is that you 
a preservative is in there to keep yeast and mold from growing okay. in it. And they're saying, of course, you know, we don't want yeast and mold. We don't want our things to go rancid. We don't want to be, you know, putting that all over our bodies. That's why a preservative is in there. And if it goes quote unquote bad. Now, if a, if a product is, is anhydrous, which means it doesn't have water in it, those things can only grow in water. Right. Oh, okay. So Good to know. Yeah. if, if it, if it doesn't have that in there, it, you shouldn't have to have a paraben or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that in there, although they will throw it in there because they just want to make sure the biggest thing they're testing for almost any company, if they're saying, hey, I've, this has been tested, they're testing it to make sure no yeast mold or bacteria Got is it. going to grow in that product. Okay. And it, it's similar to. Sorry, to make a parallel parallel to water treatment facilities, right? Like water treatment is testing to make sure those things, that's what they're focused and honed in on to make sure that yeast, mold, and bacteria are not going to grow in your water. Not that there's not anything else harmful in there, right? Right. So that um, that's really what they're honing in on. They're saying, hey, this, we don't want that. Um, And I would push back against that saying natural preservatives, do work. Now there's not as much out there, which is why, you know, you have to stack certain ingredients to get it to, to, to hold. Um, and your expectation, if you want that to, you know, it's similar to food. Should you want something to sit on the shelf for five years? Right, right, right. right. You want to use it. You want to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so parabens are one, um, what else have we got? Uh, I think another one that a, a ton of people um, don't, they see it on a label and they don't even think is fragrance. So mm-hmm. fragrance, perfume, um, perfume, however it's stated um, is really the, if you're to equate it to a food site, it's really the natural flavors of, of the, you know, anything can be in there. There's actually, it's a loophole ingredient that they, a company could hide hundreds um, of ingredients in that one ingredient and they would not have to cl- disclose what was in it because they're protected by law huh. to not have to protect that, to not have to disclose that. Right. So, um, that fragrance loophole, that fragrance ingredient, there are known endocrine disruptors in fragrance. There are no, you know, you can come up with lists, um, of pages and pages. I think, you know, to, to call out a big guy, P and G at one point disclosed, Hey, these, these, these are the ingredients that could be in our fragrance, right? Wow. Eight pages long oh, of wow. in- ingredients that it could be. And it's really, they, they say that they need to have that, that fragrance is a trade secret, right? That you have to be able to proprietary, proprietary, yeah. but who are they hiding from? Like really they, they could be sending that and, and testing and figuring out really what it is. It's just a, it's something to hide under. So that ingredient um, is, is a big red flag to me. Um, yeah. And it should be to your listeners if they see fragrance or perfume on yeah. their yeah. on their label. And, and of course, as you say, I mean, you can have a myriad of chemicals that make up like your orange flavor or your rose scent or whatever it is. Right. Um, and you might actually be allergic to one of those uh, chemicals in within the fragrance itself. Right. And so, mm-hmm. again, how, how are you going to know? How are you going to tell? It's almost impossible, um, which is which is why, you know, cleaning things up is really a good uh, a, a good starting point. Right. 
Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, now you mentioned earlier about fragrance and asthma, right? Is is that um, with things like air fresheners and that sort of stuff? Things it, like air fresheners or you know candles are oh, are okay. a big one, okay. um, and even fragrance. I mean, is an asthma can you know even in a product that you're using, you know, you don't realize it, but anything that is putting off a strong scent, you know, I, I know for me, once I cut out, you know, talk personal, mm -hmm. once I cut out using things that had fragrance in them almost immediately when I was exposed to it again, you're, you're sneezing, you know, or oh, you, yeah. you can tell, you can't tell when you're in it. Um, one that's really, really obvious is in laundry detergent or mm -hmm. in like dryer sheets, those, you know, that fragrant, that strong yeah. scent. Yeah, the, the tide that, or the bounce or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. To, um, to people don't realize how surrounded they are by it. Yeah. And then once you, once you take it out that, you know, I can't even walk into a bath and body works anymore. Right. Like there's some of those places that are intense. I mean, you can correct. smell you're in the mall and you can smell them halfway across the mall. Right. Uh, correct. But you correct. know, I, I want to just um, bring something up here that's important for people to know is, um, you know, as you say, when you're in it, I'm glad you brought that up because what a lot of people don't realize, you know, they think that their current state of health is just normal, right? Like, doesn't everyone feel like this? Mm -hmm. Isn't everyone having a hard time with weight? Isn't everyone tired all the time? Isn't everyone sensitive to chemicals? And it's sort of like, well, you don't know because as time goes by, it's this kind of frog in the pot of boiling water, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, when you're young, you have a much higher tolerance, your barrel is not as full. And as time goes by and you accumulate these things, you get progressively worse and worse and worse. And because it's such a slow process, you sort of go, oh, well, this is just normal, right? This is how I feel. And it's only once you start removing these things that you start noticing how you can actually feel. And you go, wow, like I forgot what it, what it feels like to feel awesome. Right. And, right. you know, we see that with food elimination as well. Like, you know, in, in my clinic, um, that's like usually a first port of call is, is trying to remove offending foods and allergenic foods and stuff. And I tell you, you know, when you try and reintroduce these foods, that's when people really go, wow, I had no idea that X food or X chemical or whatever was really doing that. Um, right. So, right. yeah, you, so you I'm know, glad you brought that up. Yeah. It is very interesting because, and there are things that health wise, we just don't talk about with other people too, you know, like, especially, you know, I, I said back to my infertility journey, mm. you know, I never, how, how often was I talking to people about how often I was, you know, yeah. getting my cycle. Right. But, and then you don't realize until you do the, two, the food, you know, started with me with food. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really wasn't until for me personally, switching my personal care products and everything that was in my house, ultimately, that everything was nor like, quote unquote, normal, yeah. uh, you know, uh, happening on a regular cycle. And you're like, man, I never would have talked about this. Yeah. I was, yeah. you know, 17. Because yeah. who, why do you, how does it come up in normal conversation? And you don't know what normal is until yeah. or yeah. good is, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I think a lot of listeners will resonate with that uh, particularly. And if you're listening to this out there and you haven't started cleaning up your environment and your personal care products, now is a good time. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll talk more about that in a minute. So we've got um, fragrance, we've got parabens. Uh, we spoke a little bit about talc earlier. Um, mm -hmm. is, is talc still like widely used in products, in, com in conventional talc products? Talc is widely used. Really? Um, huh. it, it, it is still widely used, um, especially 
in powders, you know, I mean, you can see, you can get talc free or makeup, you know, so cosmetic color, color cosmetics, um, are using, are still using talc. Um, and it, it, it has not been banned. It is, it is still out there. It's known to be contaminated. Right. Right. So that's, that's the thing with talc. Um, it definitely is, is still out there, especially it, you know, you're going to find it in the powder. It's anti-caking. You know, you just want to make it's, there's a reason why formulators want to use it, but there's definite health implications as to why they shouldn't. And there are good alternatives out there that you can use. It's just, it's more expensive, right? Sure. So. Yeah, but like anything, right? I mean, uh, that's the same as organic food. Uh, there's a lot more, uh, l- the labor intensity is a lot more. It's A lot of it is hand-picked. You know, there's all that sort of stuff that comes into play. Um, so, and talk, just just to uh, wrap that one up, um, don't they, wasn't there a lawsuit recently, like a cancer lawsuit or something like that with Johnson & Johnson? Oh. Weren't they just oh, yeah. busted straight up for talk causes cancer? Oh, they've been, they have been busted multiple times um, over since going back to the seventies about talc in their baby powder and specifically, you know, women using that powder um, and the link to ovarian cancer, uh, you know, it's a highly absorptive area of your body. And then the other is it's marketed to babies, right? So you're putting it on babies um, in their groin area, which is known to, to be absorbing, right, N- right near those reproductive organs in both boys and girls um, and women, you know, using this for years. And Crazy. then, then yeah, they've been sued multiple times. Wow. Uh, and it, 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 yeah, just, it, it makes it hard to believe, you know, I mean, when you hear these things, it's like, how how are these things still on the market? Like that's what right. that's what just boggles the mind. You know, how is this still on the market? Like we know the science is there. We've got the science. We've got the anecdotal evidence. We've got, you know, lawsuits. We've got all this stuff. And somehow it's just uh, they still persist, you know, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So um, what else do we want to bring up? I have a couple of uh, short lists here, but anything else that you feel is really um, top of um, mind I for think- you? I think that we, you know, we talked about the parabens, we talked about fragrance, we talked a a little bit about aluminum, you know, there's, there are, you know, artificial dyes that are in your products too, that can cause havoc. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about that on the Mm -hmm. food side. They're also on the personal care side. Um, And I think there's just people understanding that, that you, especially as it goes to personal care, you may think your skin is a barrier and it's not a hundred percent a barrier. Um, things do get through, you know, we talk about aluminum and, and some of those, um, those minerals and the particle size, if it is small enough, it can go through your, your skin barrier. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is not really a barrier, right? It's, it's, it's more like a sieve. It's kind of slowing things down. Um, but making sure that you're, you know, if, if you're using, you know, aluminum, you know, if there is, is some type of titanium or something like that, or it's non-nanoparticle. Zinc is another one, that particle size being important. Okay, so the, so is that the issue with nanoparticles? Is that the, the, the size is so small that they can go right through the skin? Correct. Okay, Correct. all right. I was wondering. And, and the, you know. the reason why companies want that is they're like, hey, you, you want it, you want something to absorb into your skin, right? right? You right. don't want it to sit on top, but it if the particle size is small enough, it's going to pass through your skin and yeah. get and get into your 
well, into your system. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, from the health side of things, your skin is the biggest organ of elimination. Um, right. So, right. you know, people kind of forget that. Same as the lungs. You know, we always think of the liver, the kidneys, the bowel, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, they've actually done analyses of people when they do infrared sauna um, therapy. And then they do, they'll do a sweat analysis and they found very high levels of metals. Um, in Correct. the sweat. So, and of course, minerals, you know, when you sweat, what are you sweating out? You're sweating out sodium, you're sweating out a lot of minerals, right? So it only makes sense that these things, as much as they go out of the body, they can also be absorbed uh, through the skin as well. Right? Correct. Um, Correct. And then, you know, the other was that we talk about dyes, we talk about formaldehyde. People can think, oh, formaldehyde, isn't that what they embalm bodies with? Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. Um, but that can be in products um, and known formaldehyde releasers. You know, it's likely not going to say formaldehyde, but there are ingredients that are going to release formaldehydes um, in, in a product. You know, chemistry, things come together and you get mm -hmm. something completely new. Um, and then, you know, another one that we you know, at, at Pure Haven, when we haven't mm -hmm. talked about that yet, but uh, silicones, mostly for the environment, because um, okay. the thing is, you can think about what goes on your body, right? And, um, but if you think about what you're using in the shower, you're using it on yourself, and then it's going down the drain. So there's mm -hmm. an environmental impact to almost everything that you're using. And a lot of people don't think about that, that yeah. it is, it is, you obviously in your health, but also the health of our water and our earth that mm -hmm. are being impacted by the personal care and cosmetics industry. Yeah, and I'll 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 piggyback on that one again because that's something I've spoken about for years. You know, we we live in a closed um, environment, right? You know, nothing mm -hmm. comes in, nothing escapes. It it just stays here and it just moves around. And I think that um, you know we can look at uh, you know the water. You brought up water as a good example. I mean, mm -hmm. they actually years ago, the sturgeon in the Great Lakes were becoming feminized because of the uh, of the of the fake estrogens, right? The chemical right. estrogens. And where are those coming from? Uh, well, they could be coming from birth control pills, but they could also a lot of that is coming from chemicals. Right. And to the point mm -hmm. it got so bad where they were concerned that the sturgeon were actually going to die out because they were all of them were becoming feminized. And so they took sturgeon out and they had a whole rebreeding program and all that sort of stuff. And that's just one of many examples um, that, that people uh, should be aware of. And uh, of course, you know, we're now also drinking the water again, right? So that's right, going back into the water. Right. We're drinking the water. Uh, we're breathing the air, et cetera. So, um, yeah, and I'm, something I, yeah. something that's been coming up this PFAS, um, hmm, those forever okay. chemicals um, in water, and being those being in water supplies, and how that that actually does stay. So there's emerging um, evidence around PFAS um, and how they're getting in there from your water supply that's coming in. How you can actually, you know be being in in increasingly contaminated with PFOS um all around. And it's funny that you talk about the surgeon. My my husband's a colleague of my husband actually does surgeon research and oh, re no um reintroduction <laughs> of that. He's my my husband's a conservation and wildlife um um advocate. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so let, let's work our way on to um, other stuff, because obviously we can talk about all the hundreds of thousands of chemicals all day long. But, um, you know, you you work with uh, Pure Haven. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, you guys make uh, personal care products, uh, products for the home, cosmetics, etc. Um, you know, what is what what is your role? Uh, what exactly do you do there? Um, just for listeners? 
So I am the chief operations officer, uh, which means I'm over the R&D, the research development, product development, um, our manufacturing, our organic manufacturing facility, supply chain, IT, all of that fun ninja stuff that happens behind the scenes um, is kind of what my team does at Pure Haven. Everything from coming up, we we formulate, we source the ingredients. You know, a, a lot of a lot of effort is put into making sure that people disclose what's in um, the ingredient, even sub ingredients. We didn't really touch on that before, but this is an interesting thing that people don't really realize. When we source our ingredients, we make the vendor um, disclose any sub ingredients that are in there, and they don't technically have to. Right. But we choose not to buy it if they won't. Uh, And a lot of companies won't do that. You know, you can just say, hey, this is, you know, X ingredient. You know, I I can come up with a specific example, but we're like, hey, what's actually in that? How is it grown? Where where did it come from? And we ask all of our vendors and suppliers to sign an affidavit that they're telling the truth, (laughs) because ironically, Ironically, um, they don't always uh, hmm. because they don't necessarily have to. They yeah, don't have to yeah. disclose. And most companies aren't asking. Huh. So it's almost like, um, you know, and, and again, I know I keep drawing parallels to food and I'll, I'll draw a parallel here to supplements. You know, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. we could, you know, I've done podcasts a few years ago on this already is the sort of contamination of the herbal industry, right? Where we can put on a label, um, you know, ginkgo biloba or something like that. And we have no idea where that comes from. Um, there's you know, contamination um, coming from places like China, where yes, mm-hmm. there will be ginkgo in there, but there'll also be some other cheap ingredients that they've put in. So it's not pure ginkgo. Um, Correct. And yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming it's something quite similar in that sense. It's very similar. A lot of times what will happen is there's a hidden preservative in there, okay. um, in the ingredient, and they they don't disclose that because a, a lot of people, you know, if it's below a certain percentage, a lot of people don't understand that you just don't have to disclose it at all. And mm, good to know. a lot of times, it, usually it will be, hey, there was a preservative in there that they didn't disclose until we got to the affidavit point. They said, okay, hey, you have to disclose every all ingredients, including the sub ingredients. And they're like, oh, this is in there. We're like, well. Oh, sorry, we're not going to use it because, you know, that's not something we we want in our products. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I that I hear from um, people who, who are sort of in Pure Haven, who are using the products and that is just this, uh, th- this rigorous, um, you know, standard that you guys have um, with with all of your products, uh, which which is which is good to see, you know, I mean, you mentioned greenwashing earlier, and holy smokes, there's so many companies that started out good, you know, they started out as these sort of mom and pop stores or whatever and then they just got taken over by uh, your cloroxes your pngs right. and why have you unilever yeah right? and they then you're sort up. of like well is it is it the same product or have you done something to it because now it's a lot cheaper it's right. mass produced and i'm like well anytime you you start producing more typically the trade-off is the quality has to go down or you have to substitute something you know right i mean burt's bees is a great example of that you know they wanted the one at the front um you know big guys swoop them up they i think they started as a relatively good company and yeah. then the front of the label stays the same and the ingredients completely change uh, because of how they 
want to process it through their equipment, things like that. So yeah. at Beer Haven, we we're we're not that one. We're not a we're not a big guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we um, a lot of people don't understand that most people most um, most companies aren't making their own products. Um, okay, there are, I didn't know that. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's a private label contract manufacturing is is huge and and a lot of brands even they're going down the same line next to um, another brand right oh, so okay. even even the company um, the company usually is not manufacturing because it's a lot of work to manufacture and to get that efficiency um, but we choose to because we want to control our supply chain we choose to do all of our purchasing we choose to deal directly with those vendors. Um, we will work with a third party in in cases where we don't have the equipment to do it, but it's very isolated and it takes us a long time to establish that relationship and then trust that they, you know, that they're going to make it the way that we want to make it. Um, so we control all of that, even including the chem- what we're using to clean our equipment. Um, oh, so wow. you may not think, you know, we are an organic facility. There are some things that are approved. Even the some approved cleaners that are on the organic certification, we won't use because we don't want any of that into our product, right? So we're controlling it all the way through. Ingredient sourcing, it starts, it starts with those ingredients. We are formulating um, all of our products, so our in-house chemists are formulating that. Um, we created a preservative system called Pure Protect, which actually stacks ingredients together. We're not putting um, every product is kind of different. We're not we're not just putting in a, a cocktail of preservative, and mm. that's going to be good. A, a lot of our um, a lot of our preservative um, is on a fermentation. Um, oh, yeah. uh, radish root um, oh, is wow. a fer- fermentation process and fermentation can do similar things to um, your product, but then you stack other ingredients on top of that to make sure that you're going to be able to, to not have anything grow in it. Right. So, and then we're, you know, we're compounding um, in house, we're filling um, everything is, is controlled all the way through. Um, so that really sets us apart from a lot of a lot of people because you you may not realize but if you look at the back of the label and it says manufactured for versus yeah, manufactured yeah, yeah. by yeah that person that company is actually making their products and the fact that we do is a differentiating factor for us and what we what we go through to get a formula to verify its purity to test it up front you know and and test all the way through to know what's actually in it. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that because, I mean, you know, th- that is huge uh, and super, super important to know. And, you know, we see that in the supplement industry as well, by the way. I'm not sure if you know that, but uh, most supplement manufacturers are not producing their own products either. Um, Correct. What, they have these like giant facilities that are third party. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing, you know, here's my formula, make it for me. Here's my label. Um, boom. And so I've always said, you know, the supplement companies that are making their own products uh, immediately are put into a different category um because right uh, and yeah. and i'm like i said we we do have trusted partners but yeah, we yeah. don't we don't just blindly trust anything <laughs> so yeah. even if we are having somebody you know work with say it's an over-the-counter sunscreen is a good example um we partner with somebody 
we they sign up they go through the same process as if they're a vendor for us even to the ingredient level and then we're actually going and watching them do you know it's 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 a understand you know trust but verify yeah (laughs) right um and a lot of people just want to say okay hey that's out of sight out of mind I'm going to put that onto that third party. We don't do that because it's it's too important to us to make sure that we know what's in our products. Yeah. Well, and I think that's um, you know evidenced by uh, the fact that you've you've grown so much over the last while, and everyone that right. I've spoken to, you know, that is um, that is using Pure Haven products just raves about them. You know, they they're and and on that note, I mean, let's talk about that for just one minute, and then we'll wrap up. A lot of people, you know, I've experienced this, we've all experienced it is, you know, the, the whole idea of natural products is, is all fine and dandy, but a lot of them don't work. Do, right. do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, cool, I'm going to use a, a clean sunscreen and then I'm just going to look like uh, I've got white stuff all over me for the whole day and I can't get it off. And, you know, so it's just not practical in that sense. Um, and the same holds with cosmetics and lotions and whatever else. Right. So Absolutely. Um, can, can you speak to that at all? Because um, I know it's a very fine needle to thread, you know. is, is how It you, is a very yeah. fine, fine needle to thread. Um, so with ours, we... Obviously, our ingredients are the most important, but it has to work, yeah. right? So making sure that we're bringing formulations together that are going, you know, shampoo is a great example. Mm. I, um, that's kind of how I found, you know, I found the company because I was trying to make my own shampoo of all things. Like I just ended up looking like a drowned rat, right? Because <laughs> you, you try to wash your hair and it just doesn't. And I'm not a no poo type gal. There yeah, may be yeah. people out there that are doing that, but um, so making sure that those, the surfactant mix, you know, it, it's not too heavy. It won't, but and it won't strip your hair, you know, things like that, how those formulas come together. And we, ha- the, the difference, a, a lot of times if you're getting something, um, and I don't want this coming across wrong, you know, if you're getting something at a farmer's market or a very small company, they don't have actual chemists that are making their products. Mm. And green chemistry is not something that is taught um, widely at all. So us, having our own in-house um, formulation and chemist team, them knowing how these ingredients can come together and continuing to improve. Because the interesting thing is, you know, we there's a, a couple of the fathers of green chemistry, one's uh, Dr. Warner um, um, and another, another fellow um, talk about how the, the ingredients just aren't there. Right. So the ingredient availability to make great products is hard, um, but they are emerging and how you can bring them together and what what levels you can have those at. We go through rigorous testing to make sure that our products are actually going to work. Right. And we continue to tweak them. I don't think we would ever say that one of our products is like, hey, we're completely done with that because new ingredients at the market, we're trying them, we're diving into what they actually are and how they're how they're coming together. The industry is starting to catch up because I think that people are want demanding it. They're mm, voting with mm. their dollars. Um, but that actually working, our skincare is a really great example of that. We have a pro pre and probiotic skincare line that, you know, works with the biome, feeding the, you know, that, that microbiome nice. that's yeah, on your skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, does it actually work? Does it get, does it get the results? And we have, a lot of before and afters from our consultants saying, Hey, not only is, was this product green or clean, you know, the best ingredients, but it actually works. It didn't, you know, it had a result on either my skin or, 
you know, we have people that you know, things are working for their eczema or things like that, that they, they haven't been able to find solutions for, which is why I think that we have seen so much growth is because our products, not only are they clean, but they actually work. Yeah. Well, hey, that's the best marketing anyone can buy, right? Is uh, right. Re results speak for themselves. Um, you don't have to do much more than that. So, well, Miranda, it's been a um, fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. And I feel like, uh, well, we're, we're just under an hour and I feel like we covered a lot of ground, which is, we did. Uh, yeah. We did. You did a great job of weaving us through um, <laughs> to get all that information out of there. Yeah. You know, um, it's uh, m many years of podcasting now. So and, <laughs> and and also I'm just passionate about this sort of stuff. You know, I mean, I really I really do believe that if people want to transform their health, um, you know, it's not going to be done just by changing what you eat or just with the supplements that you're taking or whatever. Um, and, you know, all of this stuff, it, it takes time. You know, I mean, you, you can't just go and all of a sudden just throw every single personal care product or um, cleaning product out your house and just go and buy a whole bunch of new stuff. You know, it takes time to research. It takes time right. to see what, you know, what do you like, what works for your, whether it be skin type or um, laundry or whatever it is, right? Um, and, and on that note, I'll just share one exercise that um, listeners can do here. And this is an exercise that I would have my students do. Um, they hated every minute of it, um, but boy, they were enlightened by the end of it. And uh, what the assignment was, was to go around your house and you had to go and look at your bathroom and all of the products in there. You then had to go to the cleaning cabinet. Um, you would go to the garage if you had that as well. And you would actually have to make um, write down all the ingredients of every product. Uh. Okay, so it was, an, it was like a four or five week assignment and mm -hmm. slowly. And then people had to go and pick three or four of those ingredients and research them and uh, write an essay. Right. And I tell you what, every single person that went through that, a bar a few that were already sort of ahead of the curve, but every single person was just like, holy smokes, I had no idea all of the stuff was in my house. And I had no idea what some of the health effects were. And from there, you know, another piece of advice I would give to people is, you know, just start slow. So if you, if you run out of toothpaste, for example, look for an alternative brand, right? And go and, and, and you know, go and buy new toothpaste that checks all the boxes, right? If right. your deodorant runs out, that's the time to switch deodorant and, and, you know, same thing with everything else versus trying to just transform everything at the same time, you know, which is overwhelming for most people. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that, you know, that really is our goal at Pure Haven to be able to have all of those options and for you, for people to have peace of mind that we have done all of that hard work, right? We're asking those hard questions. Our, our, our goal, I mean, I remember when I first switched over, you know, I was on this infertility journey trying to get pregnant. Then I had my son, had a list of allergies. I remember going into a local grocery store, reading all the labels, crying, having just an over, like a meltdown and walking out, not buying anything because I just didn't know what to do. And so that is always in the back of my mind when we do this hard work is to be able to be a solution for people to know that that hard work has been done and they don't have to do that. You know, I mean, I, we want yeah. awareness. I mean, this, we don't create these products. We don't create this message to sell products, right? The products are there to share that there's an issue, which I'm so glad that you're talking about because mm -hmm. that is yeah. instrumental to people just realizing, Hey, there is an issue. Hey, there might be chemicals in there. And then looking for a company that's like, you know what? They're doing a lot of hard work. They're going above and beyond to make sure so I don't have to worry about this. Yeah, 
Awesome. I love that. And, uh, you know, it's it's always good to have people that you can trust, uh, especially in today's world where, you know, there's a lot of uh, trickery and marketing and jargon mm -hmm. thrown around and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, and that's exactly why I have you on the podcast today, because I know that the quality and the, 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 the standards that you guys have over there are truly next level. Um, so um, on that note, Miranda, I think uh, let's wrap it up. Um, thanks so much. Thank was, you so uh, much. Awesome to sit down with you and um, to learn more about all of this. And uh, I hope that everyone else out there, um, if you're listening to this, um, you can check out the show notes uh, for details, links, everything else. And um, I hope that, well, I think what I'm going to do as well is actually put, you've got a PDF, which is a very, it's a, it's a short bullet point list, which is uh, ingredients to avoid. So I think I'm going to upload yeah. that onto the show notes as well. Um, you can download that and, and it's very easy to read. It's a, it's a one or two pager um, for those yep. of you listening. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Um, it was a good conversation as always. And uh, if you did enjoy today's episode, please consider uh, subscribing, leaving us a review. And as always, most importantly, sharing this with your friends, your family and your community. All right. So thanks for dialing in and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. 